When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. This is In the Red on SENZ. Ricardo Ball with you and uh, still on, I was going to say on vacation. That's not quite right, is it, Marshy? Uh, still in the trenches, doing the hard yards over in Australia. Justin Marshall, how are you, mate? I'm good, Ricardo. You could say slightly on vacation. I have, I have done a, a little bit of work, which has been really enjoyable, to be honest, since being here uh, doing the Super Round in Melbourne. Uh, and then I stayed on for the, the second round of games with all the Kiwi teams still being here, apart from obviously the Highlanders who went to Suva. Uh, so it's been a really enjoyable couple of weeks. Hadn't been out of the country probably for two years, like most people. So quite refreshing to, to get away and uh, experience a bit of different culture. Is the, uh, the duty free going to get a bit of a hammer when you land back in Auckland? <laughs> yeah, I think so, mate. Like uh, there's plenty of requests. My kids are getting quite old now. So <laughs> believe it or not, they're not, they're not asking bars of chocolate or things like that. They're ask, asking for aftershaves and perfumes. So, <laughs> mate, that hits you in the wallet, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it does, mate. It does. What's the go-to these days? What's the request? Um, the request is sort of usually uh, to the far end of, you know, that, that, that classy <laughs> sort of stuff. So the the um, the Paco Rabans, that, uh, the, the Christian doors and all that sort of carry on. So I can't, I'm not going to get away with the good old, uh, what's, the, what's the cool water? From old school days, that's for sure. <laughs> the old what's wrong? What's wrong with Brute Thirty Three and Old Spice, mate? Still smells good, doesn't it? Doesn't cut it anymore. Just doesn't oh. cut it. These <laughs> these modern day kids, they're uh, they're at a different level, which is a bit of a worry. It is, mate. It is. Hey, we should talk about the game uh, from the weekend against the Tars. I don't think too many saw this coming. Did they? Uh, what What did you make of it? Yeah, well, I certainly didn't see it coming. I, I actually, at the moment, as you're talking to me, and I'm I'm in Coogee, um, and uh, it's a beautiful little uh, beach area uh, at the Crown Plaza. And it's the same hotel that the Crusaders were in. So I pretty much spent the week uh, watching them uh, prepare and get ready for the game. Um, certainly we were really focused. They weren't doing anything but training hard, uh, lots of meetings. Uh, so they looked like they were, they were right up for this game. And uh, I expected them to be performing to a level that we, you know, we, we have come to expect of the Crusaders. And there should be no reason why not. You know, I certainly didn't see them you know, sunbathing on the beach or for, or out drinking beers during the week. So it's like, right, they're really, they really up for this game. And they knew that at Leichhardt, it was going to be a good old challenge. So, you know, like I said, I, I didn't see the result coming. Uh, I didn't see the lethargy and basically the way that they started. Uh, again, something that's been a real blight on a few of their last performances where they haven't been able to get in the game. They've let the opposition into the game and then they're finding themselves playing catch up. So, yeah, pretty much like everybody else, Everything was there for them to perform well, and and quite simply, they didn't. 
No, they didn't. I mean, I've said to you a couple of times this season, it feels to me like the Crusaders are cruising at about 70%. Uh, yep. And at some point, they're going to hit a 90 or 100% and blow someone away. I'm now starting to wonder, is this just as good as it is at the moment? Yeah, and I think probably I've got to be careful um, because, it, you know, there very well could be some Waratahs fans out there. And obviously, there's some fans out there that like to see the Crusades get beaten across New Zealand because of their success. So it's like, well, well why don't you give the opposition some credit? And, and absolutely, I do. You know, I, I don't think it's been um, within the last five years that I've seen an Australian team start with that efficiency against uh, any New Zealand team. You know, the Waratahs were very, very good. Every, they didn't spill the ball. Everything that they trained, they executed. Uh, the tries they scored were well worked. Um, they took effort. They took some some degree of deception uh, and some skill set as well. Like the Parisi offload was really good. So the first two tries, you know, the one where Peach scored was very good too. That was a, looked very much like a training field move. Um, you know, just one phase over the advantage line, bang, back to the left-hand side on a premeditated line. Uh, and what they'd seen, obviously, in the Crusaders, uh, anal uh, analysis during the week of, of maybe an opportunity, they certainly sniffed that out. So there's definitely credit there, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the Crusaders spilled the ball five times in 15 minutes. So they, they weren't contributing to the game with the efficiency as of the opposition. So that's why it's like, yeah, absolutely. The other team was playing the, the, the type of rugby that you, you should be expected to play, but the Crusaders are expected to play exactly the same when they get their chances. And, yeah, look, I, I think, no, that, that they have got more in them than the 70% that you said. But we have been banging that drum now for most of the season, you know? Like, mm. the fact that they... I had I had a catch-up with Razor. Um, I just happened to bump into him for a coffee. And he's very, very well aware that, that, that they probably aren't operating on, on all cylinders at the moment. And, and I sort of said to him, because yeah, he talked to me about defence, and he said, well, yeah, look, um, we are tackling really well, and we do have... Uh, within us that that growth to, to to get better but we are you know operating at that you know full strength in terms of our tackle efficiency and and the way that we are defending and I said yeah mate but you, you don't you don't want to keep giving the opposition the ball and you don't want to play this tournament now without the ball and and, and be defense orientated but um you know he seemed quite comfortable in the fact that he knew that they could keep the opposition out but I would imagine, given the result at the weekend, he's not feeling as comfortable. Um, I certainly think they've got more in the Mercado. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, you know, why have they not fixed those problems and are still having the same issues up until now? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, uh, I, I guess you look at the Lucys. Uh, Cullen Grace has been really good at, at eight. Uh, Pablo Matera has been solid at six. Tom Christie's had a few games off. Um, Ethan Blackout has been in there, but he came back in and he was probably at fault for that uh, for that first try. But there's a bloke mm. in the in the blue, a guy called Charlie Gamble. Is he the one that got away, mate? Because he's he's had a great season. <laughs> yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he was he was involved in the uh, Crusaders Academy uh, and. He's just playing outstanding rugby. There's no doubt that uh, he's... I heard a funny story about him, actually. Um, when he walked into the Waratahs camp and they were looking at, at the Crusaders and he had been bred up to despise the, the Waratahs and anything in blue, and all of a sudden he's got to pull that shirt on. Um, so, obviously, must have been a bit of a shift for him, him, but shows that he had red and black in his veins, that's for sure. So, he's probably just one of those players that was in that academy, and it's a very strong academy, full of talent, and probably got the inclination that he wasn't going to break through as quick as what he would have liked. So has found 
greener pastures and he's made every step since then a real success. He was outstanding uh, in that game against the Crusaders. He tackled his heart out. Uh, he carried really hard. His work rate was incredible. So, look, I, I certainly don't think there's any fault with the Crusaders' um, loose season. If you actually go across the entire team, you go, right, right, who's actually really playing poorly? Okay, no, he's not. He's not. Um, everyone's having the odd error in the game. But the intense there, uh, and, and they're all playing pretty well. All of them aren't exactly out of form. But for some reason or another, the, the synergy is missing. The game plan is, is not being, you know, uh, stuck to. The, the tasks are slightly wavering. Um, you know, you think about the Crusaders when they're really proficient. They kick the ball and they get it back. You know, when they're on fire, they kick the ball. The box kicking is accurate or the, the kicking to contest is accurate. Bridge. Severi Reese, um, Will Jordan are all up there and they're winning the ball back. Not seeing that anymore. So, you know, the drop passes, a few passes on the shoulder instead of out in front that you usually see out in front, just something slightly off. And it's, it's only a tiny little bit, but that's enough at the moment to uh, have them, you know, not being as efficient as they should be. Well, yeah, I mean, I look at it too. And, you know, we're used to seeing, uh, we had the news this or last week that Joe Moody's done for the season. But we, you know, we're used to seeing pretty much a front five that is all, or a tight five, I should say, that is all all black. Uh, and if you look at the team from the weekend, there was two. Uh, and Sam Wylock yep. and Cody Taylor. So I know Mark Reason wrote an article the other day, which is uh, typically hyperbolic Mark Reason. But do you think um, he he was touching on something? Uh, do you think he did, you know, maybe not quite as big as he made it, but do you think he did have a point about uh, the dynasty maybe not being as strong now as it has been? Oh, look, everybody will, will want to, to, to try and throw a little bit of uh, trash towards the Crusaders' way because, again, like I said, of, of their success. Uh, look, there's no doubt at the moment that having to dig deep into what is a very, very, very deep well uh, in terms of talent because, you know, the fact that they had to play uh, Dominic Gardner starting in the second row when he's a Lucy shows that they are missing some of this, you know, some of their depth, uh, particularly in the tight five. Uh, and that experience is gone. Um, but I certainly can't validate the fact that, that the, the, the dynasty is gone. I, I just think they're just struggling to, find their mojo at the moment, but their mojo is there. It's not all of a sudden disappeared. Um, there's too much talent in that side for them to to be now um, become second, you know, second runners and to to not make finals football. So, you know, the, the scary thing is that they're still ticking along okay. So, like, it's quite, it's, it's probably quite aggressive to say that, that, that it's all over and the Crusaders are no longer the force they used to be because Crusaders thrive on finals footy. That's what they do. You know, they don't, they don't worry too much about what happens in the regular season, but when it gets to finals, finals footy, that's where they flex their muscles. And, and that's where you'll see them become really, really good. The problem for them at the moment when they're slightly off their game and they have some injuries, you know, like you, like, like mentioned in, in the front five, uh, is they, they, they may have to, if they don't get their act together real quick, face playing finals footy, footy away from Christchurch. Mm. Now, they can win away from Christchurch. That win at Alice Park a few years ago was just out of this world, <laughs> you know, um, and, and adversity and everything. It had, it had drama, it had the lot. So, you know, they are capable of doing it, but it's almost, uh, you know, lay down Mazir if they're playing in Christchurch in a final. So that's, that's, that's got to be their goal. And unfortunately, the, the, the little bumps in the road at the moment 
are going to make it hard for them to get a final at home. Yeah, that's the way it's looking at the moment. Well, we'll look at more of that and what is next for the Crusaders after this on In the Red with Ricardo Ball and Justin Marshall. You're on In the Red here on SENZ, Ricardo Ball and Justin Marshall with you. And Marshy, of course, we're, you know, it's, it's another team in blue this weekend, uh, except on the other Australian coast. Uh, the Crusaders head to Perth to take on a Western Force team um, that gave the Blues probably more problems than, than when they thought. Are you likely to see uh, many changes to that Crusaders 15, do you think? Yeah, look, it's, it's never easy going to Perth, Ricardo. It's uh, a difficult place to get to. In, in, in the first instance, like obviously they're much better off than what they usually are because they're only they only went from Sydney on Sunday morning, so the travel component's not too bad. And then obviously the other side, obviously you get the week, <laughs> so it's really unusual. You know, usually you go on a Thursday uh, and do that sort of six-hour flight from New Zealand and try and sort of get yourself ready for the game. But the fact that they could go down on a Sunday, you know, the Crusaders are actually away for a month, so they've obviously been. In Melbourne, they've had a week in Sydney, they've got a week in Perth, and then they fly to Canberra. So effectively, they're on a month-long tour, which helps take and negate that uh, travel component out of it. But, out of it. but the, yeah, the force certainly showed uh, a lot of resolve. You know, they, they do have some X factor in their team, and they've got some players that know them well. Um, you know, the likes of uh, Thrush, who's played against them a lot. Um, they've got Paul Tito uh, helping out in the coaching role. Uh, they've also got uh, Richard Kahui there. And Manasa Mataeli, who's been in the Crusaders set up for, I don't know, the last five or six years. So they, they certainly will be well prepared, the force, um, and they'll know what makes the Crusaders tick because those players will be able to give them the right sort of information. So you're not an easy ask. The big thing for the Crusaders now is what Razor was doing and has been doing, like everyone else throughout the season, is working within the All Black um, managing the minutes system. And that's why Richie uh, Moonga. Uh, in particular, wasn't starting uh, on the weekend uh, and why the week before Will Jordan and um, David Havili were missing. So he's now got through all of his players uh, up until this point, um, haven't had the rest that they're required to have. So from now on in, he can put out there whoever he wants right through to, right through to a final. So that's a real positive for them. Um, it has been harmful though, uh, because I think it's I think it's the reason that they've been a little bit off. They haven't had any real run of games where they've had consistent selections and picked a, a side that you would have to say like if if you think and the listeners out there think as well think right when's Razor picked the same team three weeks on the bounce? He hasn't, and and when you're struggling a little bit with your rhythm, the the, the one thing that helps is consistency. It helps confidence. It helps. Familiarity helps. You look outside you, you see that guy, you know who he is, you know his, know how he works, you know what his strengths are, you know how you can help him. He hasn't had that rhythm. And I think that's why they've been um, bumping along rather than running along smoothly. So, you know, it'll be interesting now how he manages his squad because, you know, they're, they're really not in a great position uh, at this stage. Yeah, they're third on the ladder. They've got some tough challenges ahead of them. Um, to, to, to try and get to the, the top of the log. They'll need the, the Blues to fall off a game and also the Brumbies, um, who they play in Canberra in a week's time. You know, it'd be really interesting to see his selections in the next month. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. He's got some challenges ahead of him because he's got Goodhue back. So that mm. means someone like Enor, Goodhue um, or Havili is going to have to miss out in the midfield. Or can you see him putting one of those guys on the wing because Enor can play wing. Um, but that means Severis um, or uh, Fyang Anuku misses out. 
So, like, it'll be really interesting to me how he moves uh, his selection process moving forward. Tell you something else that I, I think the Crusaders uh, have probably lapsed on. Uh, they started the season poorly with their discipline, and then they seemed to really get it right. I mean, that win against the Chiefs in Hamilton, they only conceded four penalties the whole game. Uh, but it yep. seems like that indiscipline's costing them again since they've been in Australia. Yeah, they've been on the wrong side of the penalty count in both their games. Uh, obviously, they, they got the red card at the weekend. Uh, so it certainly is hurting them. Uh, con- consistently, they are getting warned by the referees for penalties on the bounce. Uh, and that, that sort of ill-discipline uh, lets the opposition into the game. Uh, it, it, and it also puts you defensively under pressure when you're having to operate under a yellow card warning. You know, one more and I'll put someone in the bin. So you have to sort of back off a little bit uh, in your aggression. You have to take a step back on defence because you don't want to get caught offside. Uh, so it certainly has an effect. And, and, and playing the game with 13 men like they had to do to try and chase it at the weekend. And, and like, honestly, what, what other team basically on the planet could do what they did, you know, mm. score a try, have the opposition absolutely stressed and under pressure with 13 men, for God's sake, 13 men. I was like watching and thinking, <laughs> how on earth are they doing this? They, they numerically just don't have the numbers to, to outflank the opposition, but they just kept coming and coming. And, you know, that, that, but again, that, that, the fact that they had shown ill discipline meant that they had to try and do it with 13 men. Probably the one thing, I had a chat, I met up with the coaching group in Melbourne as well, and they were kind of asking me for my thoughts. And I said to them, the one thing I have noticed about you guys, and you can offer a rebuttal if you want, I said, but I feel that when you get desperate, you look good. I I feel when you're chasing the game, you actually look better than you did when you were playing under structure. You've got, you you know, Sebu Reese is in and around the breakdown. Will Jordan's in as a first, second receiver. They're not playing to, to any real structure. They're just trying to inject themselves into the game. The energy levels go up. Players put their hand up, want to be involved, want to carry. And, and I, you saw that at the weekend, even with 13 men, that they when they were real desperate and they were chasing the game, they looked better than they had done for the 70 minutes prior. I, I can't put my finger on why, why that's happening and wonder whether or not they're playing a little bit too conservative. Mm, yeah, you could be. And I mean, obviously, that all that uh, sharing ideas with the Melbourne Storm has paid off. That's why they're so good with 13. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They, um, they're obviously learning how to defend with 13 players and attack with 13. But uh, I would imagine that they don't want to continue doing that. They weren't, they weren't as efficient as the Storm. I actually went to that game. I went to the AFL game, which was absolutely fascinating at the MCG. Really cool game to watch Ricardo live to see and understand it more, you know, technically yeah. what they're trying to achieve. And then I wandered across the bridge to the, um, which is an unreal, five-minute walk to watch the Warriors' storm game. And, yeah, the Crusaders, David Havili, because when I caught up with the management group, David Havili and Will Jordan were with them because they weren't playing that week. So they were out having a couple of beers with the management. And they went and spent the whole day in at the storm with uh, Craig Bellamy and the players. And uh, they couldn't speak more highly of how professional that organisation is and what they learnt. So... Yeah, and the Storm, surprisingly enough, are a very, very well-disciplined side. And, you know, we go all the way back to the question you asked me, you know, what is discipline a problem? Yeah, it is. And uh, you, you wonder why they're not learning from the Storm about having good discipline and having all your players on the field to achieve your goal. 
And that, yeah, that, I mean, that is definitely something that it looked like they addressed and then, uh, you know, as I said, regressed mm. as well. What do they do this week uh, then as a partner for Sam Whitelock, given that Hamish Dalzell will be suspended? Um, is that yeah. Gallagher going to be back available? Because I think Scott Barrett's got one more week, hasn't he? Yeah, I think Scott Barrett's got one more week. I haven't seen him around, so he, he may be heading straight to Canberra. I don't think he's heading to Perth. Uh, Zach Gallagher, Gallagher, I heard, has hurt his shoulder quite bad. He heard it at training. Uh, that was the, 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 the rumours circulating around the hotel. It might not be as bad as that and he could be available, but I suspect by what they said that he that, that it was more than a one-week um, injury. So, yeah, they're going to have to look at their depth. Um, they, are, they are struggling in that department as to who partners uh, Sam Whitelock. Obviously, they put Dominic Gardner there and, and I thought he went well, but you are taking a guy away from his natural instinct of how he plays the game because he is a Lucy. So uh, they've got some challenges there selection-wise of, of who they're going to pick and they've just got to get that balance right. Obviously, uh, Ethan Blackcat is back into the mix. Um, he's quite capable of playing lock if they need him to play there. Okay. Uh, so maybe that's something that maybe that's something that they look at. You know, what I did like in the, in the game um, against the Rebels uh, was I liked that back row of Blackadder, Pablo Matera and, and Cullen Grace. Big aggressive back row. They, they were probably the shining light to come out of that game. And Matera had his best game. Tom Christie's absolutely outstanding uh, rugby player. And, and, you know, for him to be left out of the side at the moment, he could walk into probably any other team in the country. But I just really liked the aggressive uh, physical nature of that back row. I wonder whether or not that's going to be their preferred back row leading into the finals. But more importantly, moving on from now once they solve that locking problem. Yeah, and that is uh, that is the big problem that they need to uh, uh, sort out because they play the force who kept the Blues scoreless in the second half yeah. last weekend, which uh, especially uh, given they played, played 10 minutes of it down to 14, was a real surprise. Yeah, they frustrated the, the, the Blues. Uh, you could see that the Blues just couldn't get any rhythm. And when they did, they had a, quite an aggressive defensive side right in their face. You know, Bowden Barrett didn't have the time and space that he had the week before. So the Crusaders would have done their analysis on that and seen how the Blues struggled to really get the ball into, you know, their strike players out wide. Um, they, they couldn't find their way into the game, uh, even though the try that they scored, AJ Lamb's try, was a very good one, you know, set up by two of us as check. Um, that, 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 that was that was called a more in phase play. Like, they, the set piece-wise, they, they were pretty much restricted to going quite narrow because of the forced defence. So they've, they've, they've done their homework. Look, I, mate, I honestly... I said when people are asking me, and I, I worked with all the Aussies uh, on TV this week, I said, you expect a response from the Crusaders because that was a pretty crappy performance against the Rebels. Very, very error-riddled uh, era and lots of mistakes. And they looked off their game. And I, I would imagine that they, and from what I saw, as I told you earlier on in the show, had a great training week. They were really focused. And I expected them to go out there and probably put 40 on the Waratahs. I'm ex how do I say the same thing? You know, like I'm thinking <laughs> the same thing for this force game. Like, but it should have happened last week. So yeah. I'm like, bloody hell, like it's coming. And it's been coming all year. When is it finally going to be executed properly? Yeah, well, we will wait and we will see. Hey, let's get your predictions for the weekend, Marshy, before we wrap. Um, Friday night, yep. Blues at, back home take on the Rebels. Uh, they should be too good for the Rebels, shouldn't they? Yeah, I agree with that. They should be. And Leon's obviously not happy with the way they're playing. He's been a lot of, we've seen it in the media. So, again, I expect a response out of them and a better performance. They should put them away quite comfortably. Uh, Reds should beat the Highlanders in Brisbane. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a ropey one. You know, James O'Connor's still missing, and I don't think they've got this, the, the rhythm that they had when he was at 10. I'll probably throw myself out there and, and predict an upset. I think the Highlanders' confidence levels would have been raised, and they might sneak this one. Well, it may, it's, it's, it's playing in the uh, in the Southland Maroon, isn't it? That's what makes the difference. That's it. Oh, yeah, mate. It inspires me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Moana against the Tars at Mount Smart. Yeah, that, that's a that's a real banana skin for the Tars. Their, their performance was so outstanding against the Crusaders, uh, and obviously Moana a disappointing loss. A game they probably could have won. Hard one to call. I'm going to go with Moana, the home team. When those ones are on the line, I usually go for the home team. Probably the game of the weekend is seven o'clock in Hamilton. This well, I yeah. assume it's in Hamilton. Uh, the Chiefs taking on the Brumbies. That is the game of the weekend, no, no doubt about it. Now, if the, if the Brumbies are going to win this competition, that's the game they need to win. Then they got to because then they got to go bounce back to Canberra and play the Crusaders. So mm. they will be super focused for that game. I still don't think, however, given the context that they've got the the, the capability of beating a Chiefs side that's been very very good. So I'm going to go Chiefs. Chiefs, all right. Uh, Force Crusaders. Oh, we know know what's going to happen there. It's uh, twenty one point yeah, right. one win to the to the Crusaders. You you called it last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for all of our sort of, they're not quite there yet. They they should still put them away quite comfortably. Yeah, you'd think so. And finally, uh, Sunday afternoon footy, the Canes against the Drua. Yeah, what an out, uh, outstanding occasion in Suva. Uh, the Drua really are looking good um, but I, I think obviously the Hurricanes will bounce back from their loss against the Brumbies and win that game but it'll be entertaining it will be it will be good stuff Marshy hey listen safe travels back home mate and uh, uh, hopefully we can catch up with you from uh, Queenstown next Monday absolutely Ricardo uh, we'll catch you next Monday and uh, looking forward to getting home cheers for logbook servicing you can rely on you need to make the right choice you need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications for real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty book in or book online at repcoservice.com